Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm on. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. I love, I love God's word. It's so rich. It's so powerful. And it's been truth in my life for a lot of different things. Some of you know our daughter Erin was diagnosed with leukemia. God worked miraculous with that. She's here tonight, healthy, strong, strong woman of faith. Praise God. Walking in health. Tom was diagnosed with cancer. Um, God healed him. No treatments. He's healthy and whole. But we stood on God's word, and he is faithful. He is faithful to perform his word. Cindy um, shared that we're doing, whoops, that was kind of, <laughs> um, Wisdom Keys. It's based off of this book. Um, it's Your Healing Door by um, Greg Moore. He um, is part of Andrew Womack's ministry. Huge, huge blessing, huge blessing. Um, Cindy had read it earlier, um, and she said, we've, we've got to teach on this. This is awesome, and it is um, just solid, solid truth. So I'm thankful, very thankful for that. Um, one of the lessons in the book tonight that I'm um, sharing tonight is called Exalt the Truth Over Facts. And we're going to talk about what truth is and um, what facts are and, and how we can overcome facts, um, which we'll get into that. Um, on your sheet, um, let me grab this over here. There is um, a box. There's two main, I think, very powerful um, truths that Greg shared, and I put them on our sheet. It's the, in the box. The negative or the first report we hear about our health is not the final report. So true. We don't have to receive it. We don't have to take it hook, line, and sinker and think we're just doomed, Okay. Second thing, and this is a fill-in-the-blank, a bad report does not carry authority in our lives unless we let it. That's huge. Yes. We have power and authority. We can speak to things because the Holy Spirit's on the inside of us. We have the power that raised Jesus from the dead inside yes. of us. Yes. So just as Jesus spoke, we have that same authority we can speak. And we can take authority over these things. And if we don't, it will. We want God's word to supersede. We want his truth to supersede. We want to be successful because God wants us to be successful. So those are two main things that we're going to talk about and address of how we can take this and be effective in it so that we're walking in God's best. Um, let's look at John 17, 17. Let's find out what truth is. Jesus is um, praying before the crucifixion to the Father. And this is what he says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus has made the statement that God's word is truth. What does truth mean? 
It means it's real. It's actual. It's certain. Think about that. What do we do with God's word? Do we believe that it's real? Do we believe that actually what he says in there is real? Can we take it and believe it? We're talking about exalting the truth over facts. What does exalt mean? It means to hold something or someone in very high regard, to esteem, raised to a higher rank or a position of greater power. What do we do with God's word? If we believe it's real, if we believe that it's certain, where do we rank it, though? We need to exalt the truth of God's word above the facts. We need to give it higher authority, God's word. If he says it, I can believe it. And I will tell you, in my own life and my family's life, that has been true every single time. He is faithful. Romans 3, 4 says, Let God be true and every man a liar. God is true. God's word is truth. Jesus said it. If Jesus said it, do you believe it? It's truth. It's real. We need to get that statement in our heart, and it has to be settled there forever. No more questioning. No more wondering if this is going to happen for me. We need to settle. God's word is truth. God's word is truth. God's word is truth. Not just in my head, but in my heart, in my gut. I know if everything else is screaming louder, totally contrary to what God's word says, I still believe God's word. We have to get that in our hearts. That is huge. Truth will never, ever change, but I'm here to tell you facts will. The word of God is full of life and power. It holds the same power as God himself does. And it's part of him. It's who he is. Scripture says in John 1, 1, that God is his word and they are one. In Proverbs uh, 138.2, it says that God has exalted his word above everything, above his name. God is telling us for a reason. His word is very important. And that it's meant for us to take it, receive it, and be able to walk in his abundant life. And there's keys, and there's, there's promises, and there's understanding of how to do that. But we have to determine God's word is true. What he says in there is mine. And he's going to make sure 
that if I stand in faith, speak in faith, that it's going to come to pass in my life. I'm not going to be moved, and I'm not going to be tossed to and fro. The facts are not going to control me. God's word will control me. We have been taught since we were babies to work with our five senses. We're always teaching babies, look what it looks like, what it feels like, how does that taste, all of, what does it sound like, all of those things. And we start very young, and as we grow, we become very ingrained in that to where that's what we focus on mostly, is our five senses. Now, five senses are good for here on this earth. God gave us five senses so that we can function here on this earth. We need them, and they're good. But when it comes to faith, that is not good. Faith is not controlled by our five senses. When we are standing in faith, we need to keep the word of God, the truth, before us. We need to believe that. We need to be able to stand firm in truth, even when the facts of a bad report the facts of what I feel like, what I, what I see, what I hear. We have to get past that. We have to push aside our five senses if we're going to stand in faith. They're not compatible. They don't work well together. Let's look at Joshua um, chapter 1, verse 8, please. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, that means we need to be talking it. We need to be saying it. We need to be declaring it. It can't depart from our mouth. We can't stop saying what God says. Amen. But you shall meditate on it day and night. What does it mean to meditate? To think deeply. To focus your mind on something specific for a period of time. We need to do that day and night. That means when you wake up in the morning, his words should be on your mouth. That means throughout the day, we should be thinking about it, talking about it to him, talking out loud, yes. praising him and thanking him. And when we go to bed at night, that should be the last thing that we're talking. That should be the last thing that we're thinking. That should be the last thing before we fall asleep. Day and night. Meditate on his word. Why? Because when you do these things, the word says, For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. God wants us to be successful. He wants us to have everything that he's provided for through Jesus. Everything. Health, wholeness, absolutely. Provision, absolutely. I mean, his word is full of good things for you and I. So if we 
want to be successful, God has just told us how to do it. Keep it in our mouth. Keep it in our heart. Let's talk about it. Let's think about it. Let's chew on it. Let's do it morning, noon, and night when we possibly can. I get it. We work. Some things require our attention. But we stop and go to the bathroom. We stop and get some coffee. There are moments when we can take to praise him, to thank him, to agree with him, to speak his word. We can do it all day long. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. He says, my son, give attention to my words. First thing, what's attention? When you're attending to something, you're taking care of it. You're watching over it. You're spending time with it. You're focusing on it. So he tells us to attend to his word. Incline your ears to my sayings. Are you listening to what the word says? You're healed. You have been healed by the stripes of Jesus, according to 2 Peter 2.24. It's already done. Do you agree with that? Or are there symptoms or facts that you're waiting to change in order for you to say you're healed? That's exalting the facts over what God says about you. You're healed. You have been healed. Do not let your eyes depart from it. We keep it before us. God knows there's stuff that gets in our way, stuff that wants to distract us, stuff that wants to deceive us. He says to keep focused on my word. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Your heart's different than your mind. You know that knowing, I know that I know that I know, and nothing's going to change it. Nothing's going to deter me from it. Nothing's going to make me turn the other way. I believe God's word, it's truth. If it's just in your mind, you get tossed to and fro. Yes, I'm in faith, I believe what God says, but I have a symptom, I have a diagnosis, I have, so now we're in fear or we're in doubt. We want it in our heart. For they are life to those who find them. Life, life, abundant life, and health, health, health is physical, yes, yes. health is physical, health to all their flesh. God's word is health to all of your flesh. Verse 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Now I want to talk about this one for a little bit because this, this is a pretty big deal uh, when you're battling something. You want to be diligent to guard your heart. Your heart is what determines what you believe. And if you put wrong things in there, you're going to think wrong thoughts. 
If you put truth in there, you're going to believe and think according to the word. You're going to stand in faith. You're going to be in faith. So to be diligent is to be careful and make a persistent effort. That's what the word is saying, to guard your heart. Many times, if you are going through something and you need to go to the doctor, okay, and you're either going for a test or a result or something, you're, oh, I want a good report, I want a good report. And you don't go in guarding your heart. You need to be able to have the word, the truth of God, in between you and the doctor. You and the report. Because I'm here to tell you that the medical realm is based on five senses. Faith, again, doesn't mesh with that very well. So if you go in and you are not guarding your heart, you're going to hear some things that can get into your heart that can cause fear, that can cause doubt, that can cause worry, concern. But if you go in there declaring that God's word is true no matter what this man has to say, I respect him, I'm going to him, so I must have some kind of trust in him. But don't go in there just hoping and a wishing. <laughs> this is a serious thing. Because many times you walk in there and you get a report that you don't want to hear. And you come out defeated. You come out fearful. You come out upset. You didn't guard your heart. Because if God's word is true, God Almighty says, you have been healed already. It's just a matter of time before the facts start changing. So guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't let stuff. It's not even necessarily doctors. Could be friends or loved ones. They want to share their experiences with you. They knew so-and-so. They knew somebody with this or that, and you know what, they died or whatever. <laughs> Guard your heart. Because out of it springs the issues of life. Jesus has paid a huge price for our abundance of life. Don't be robbed. Don't let the enemy rob you because your guard was down and you, oh, wait, that's not what I wanted to hear. That's not what I was believing for. Facts will change, but truth will never change. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's why it's important to guard your heart. What are you thinking? It's your heart that determines what you really truly believe. It's important to guard your heart. What are we going to guard it with? The word of God. 
God's peace. Let's look at Philippians 4, 7. It says, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Jesus Christ. Number one, peace. It's fruit of the Spirit. If you're a born-again believer, that's already there. It's God's peace. Man's peace is way different than God's peace. Man's peace is cool if nothing's going wrong. Everything's going good. You're full of happiness. You're laughing. Everything's good, right? Soon as you get a bad report, soon as something happens, what do we do? Many times we get all upset. Many times we're in fear. Many times we certainly are out of God's peace. But because peace is already a fruit of being born again, it's already here on the inside of you. So when bad things happen, and they will, because that's what the Lord says, trials and tribulations are of this world. What are you going to do with that? That's your moment to say, wait a minute, I get it. This isn't good information, but God says, God says, that is not always easy. (laughs) When Erin was going through what she was going through, there was some major seizures, many grand mal seizures, small seizures, I mean, because chemo uh, swelled her brain. Now the facts were she was having seizures. And that's a very dangerous thing. And when you see anybody convulsing like that, it's very easy to let your five senses rule you. But God, but God, We have to remember that. So let God's peace guard your heart. No matter what the circumstances look like or what they feel like, that can change. But God's word does not ever change. If we allow our five senses to control us, It's going to pull you away from believing God. You have to get control. We are to let faith rule in our heart if we want to receive all that God has for us. Faith is very important to God, and it's for a reason. Because he knows in this world, it's faith that allows us to receive what's already in the spirit, what's already been done for us, and bring it in to this physical realm. We have to put our faith in something, and we do. Every one of us does. We put our faith into something. What I'm saying, <laughs> and what this, is, this whole series is about, is where are you putting your faith? Put your faith in the truth of what God says. He's going to make sure that you can be successful 
if you allow him to do so. That's his heart's desire for us to be successful and succeed in every part of our life. That is his heart. He is a good father. Cindy taught a beautiful lesson last week about God's love. To me, honestly, that's the bedrock foundation. If you do not know that you are loved unconditionally and there's nothing that you can do that will mess it up, if you don't know that, you're not going to be able to receive. You don't think you're worthy. You don't think you're good enough. You don't deserve something. You don't know enough. But it's being in that intimate relationship with your father that he can shower you with his love if you let him and allow that to just resonate in you. Now, Tom and I, we have two children and two grandbabies. <laughs> we love those kids and those grandbabies with every fiber of our being. And what we try to do for them is try to help them succeed, to make them successful, to help them to have an easier life, yeah. to shower them with anything that we can physically in this realm do for them. How much more can your heavenly Father, yeah. who loves you unconditionally, yes. that isn't yes. based on, hey, your performance or how good you are, I love you because I created you and you are mine. I'm going to give you everything that I have and I want you to be successful. Faith is very important to the Father so that we can receive all that he has for us. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We're faith people. If you're a born-again child of God, you're supposed to be a faith person, not a sight person, not based on five senses. Declare it right now. Say, I am a faith person. I walk by faith, not by sight. Whatever you're looking at, don't let that influence you to the degree that fear and unrest and God's peace is gone because you feel hopeless, because you don't know what to do, what you're, how, what's going to happen, what if, what if. You are a faith person. You do not walk by sight. Amen. Galatians 3.11, it says, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. The just or the righteousness of God lives by faith. That's God's best for you. Because he knows if we live in faith, putting our trust in his word, that what he says is the only option, the only outcome for me, then that's what's going to happen. But if you're not sure about that, you're not sure about God's love, you're not sure what God's word says, you're not sure if you're, not, if you're good enough, 
If you've prayed enough, if you've read enough, you're looking at the wrong thing. It's not about us. It's about Jesus and everything that he has provided for us through the cross. And it's about trusting God, your Father, who loves you. Now, it's awesome when you feel the presence of God. It's awesome. It's awesome when you see miracles and signs and wonders, when you see instantaneous healings. That's awesome. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. But God knows that that is limited. We don't always feel his presence. We don't always see an instant healing. We don't always see miracles. That's why faith is so important. Because you can go back to the word instead of what it looks like to the truth that you have already established in your heart that it says this, that I am healed. It says that I am blessed. It says... Whether you feel like it or not, because faith doesn't go by what you feel like. Faith goes by what you know. And if you've settled in your heart that God's word is truth, that's what you have to rely on. Not emotions. Not big shows. But God. Just because we don't see or feel God's presence does not mean that he is not there and that he isn't working. That's going by sight. That's going by emotion. That's going by feeling. And that's going to mess you up. Because the first time you don't feel him, you're going to think he's not there. First time you pray about something and it doesn't happen instantaneously, you're going to think, oh, I didn't get healed. But God's word is truth. If he says it, I can believe it because it never, ever changes. Hebrews 11.1, 1, that describes what faith is. Faith is now. It's a now thing. It's happening right now. This is what I believe now. And it's believing in God's word. It's the evidence of God's word that I'm putting my faith in. Before I see it. And many times healings come that way. Faith believes the truth of God's word before we see it change the facts. I'm going to say something here, and it might surprise you. <laughs> but faith is more important than outward expressions or, or outward signs. Now, if we put our faith in God's word, we declare that his word is true and that what it says will happen in my life, I'm standing firmly and I will not be moved and I will not be shaken, I guarantee you there will be outward signs. But if you're only looking for the outward signs, you've got your thinking wrong. 
Because what you're thinking is, if I don't have an outward sign, then I must not be healed. But that goes contrary to what God's word says. God's word says you're already healed. Now you have a choice. If you want to go that way, you can. God still loves you. But his best for you is to choose faith. Choose to stand on his word. Choose to declare his word is truth. And I'm not backing down from it. So keep his word before you. Meditate on it. Let it renew your mind. We think wrong thoughts all the time. We have bad teaching. We've grown up with stuff that does not line up with the truth of God's word. Get it out. Don't let it stay. Amen. Replace it with the truth of the word. And when it gets so ingrained in you, that's exactly how you're going to speak, how you're going to think, how you're going to walk, how you're going to talk. It's just the way that it is. That's how you know when it's deep down in your heart. So when circumstances, bad reports, come screaming at you, a pain, a lump, a bump, a growth, a tumor, whatever, they do come pretty loudly, trying to distract you from the truth of God's word. Focus on me. Focus on me. I hurt. There's a bad report. That's awful. What are you going to do? That's when you can stop and say, wait. Amen. Wait. Amen. I hear you. I feel this pain. I see this lump. I see this report. But God says, Whatever you're believing God for, it may not be healing tonight. It may be finances. It may be relationships. It, whatever. This works through the whole spectrum of God's promises. Yes. I remember what God says. That's my evidence. Right there. This scripture right here says, that's my evidence. That's what I'm allowing to scream louder. So speak louder. Speak louder than those thoughts. Amen. Speak louder than that report. Speak louder than what it feels like. Don't let it have the last word. Let God's word have the last Amen. word. And that's when peace will start flowing. And you'll be able to rest. You'll be able to have your trust in him and know that all is well. All is well with me. Let God's peace, let his truth guard your heart. Speak truth instead of natural facts. That's really important. Our words have a ton of power, good or bad. And we've said that many times, but I you still need to hear it. <laughs> we can say negative things. Negative things will take over if we keep saying them. Say what God says. 
agree with God. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 5, it says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Doctors are very smart, thankful for doctors. But doctors are limited. They know more than I do, for sure. Not saying that it's a bad thing, but what I'm saying is that's man's wisdom. God's word, God's truth supersedes that. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Until you make God's word the highest authority in your life, it will not have complete authority in your life. You're going to be standing in faith, you're going to do all the confessions, and you're, you may see some results. But if you go back into fear, doubt, and unbelief because you got a bad report or because you still feel something or something else has shown up or whatever, that's being double-minded. And it's difficult to receive what you're believing for when you do that. It negates your faith. So if God's word isn't the final authority, then something else is. And God's word has automatically dropped to second place. So if you get that bad report or you have some symptom in your body and you choose to believe that over what God says, you have just dropped God and his truth into second place. That should be red, red lights going off. Wait a minute. Mm-mm. This isn't the final authority. This report is not going to have the ultimate authority God's word is. I choose that right now. God, I declare your word is truth. And you said, and whatever scripture you're standing on are scriptures, you need to speak them out loud. We have to rein those thoughts in. The Bible talks about taking those thoughts captive, pulling down those strongholds, because our thoughts like to just run away with us. Even things that we don't even know yet, but we're just assuming or wondering what happens if. Which makes circumstances even worse because you haven't even had that diagnosis. You just are thinking that that's what it is. Don't let man's wisdom be your final authority. Let God's will, God's truth, de declare it. Decide right now. Your word is truth, Father. And it will and does have final authority in my life. The word of doctors or well-meaning family or friends might share information with you, experiences with you, worst-case scenarios with you. Doctors are real good about that. Almost like they're inevitable. This is what's going to happen. How many times you know, have you heard people, oh, there's nothing else we could do for you? 
Those words have power over you, and they are planted in your heart. And if you're not careful, that's where your belief is going to be. And because you respect them, because you have confidence in man, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but what I'm saying is guard your heart. Because that will determine what you're believing at that point. And sometimes those words are very difficult to overcome. Fear can just overwhelm you, overtake you, because you've put more stock or more authority in that than what God says. Don't let God's word be second place. Don't, because he has good things for you. Exalt his word. Elevate it above what you're feeling. Be mindful of his truth, not anything else. Don't let that rob you of what God has in store for you because it's good. I want to read something out of the book here about what you're believing. It says, whose report do you believe? The report of sickness and disease, poverty and lack, failure and loss, and all the other things that Satan will try to send in your life. Or do you believe God's report of blessing and prosperity and healing and life, success and favor? Just remember, the first report is not the last report. If you believe God's report, his arm of power will come through for you in the midst of every evil report. The scripture that this um, man used was Isaiah 53 about God's arm. It says, who believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Every person I know needs and desires the arm of the Lord to be revealed to them. But the condition for God's arm of power to manifest in our lives is to believe his report. It's that simple. Not easy, <laughs> but it's simple. Believe his report. The report of his word above every other report. The problem for most of us when a crisis of life comes is that it's easier to believe what we see or hear what's right in front of us than to believe the report of the eternal God. And that's true because our five senses get in the way. Whose report do you believe? Our response should be different than the world's response because we're faith people. We don't live by sight. We live by every word of God. So I'm not saying to deny that you have a physical problem. 
Faith doesn't deny that you have an issue, a disease, a diagnosis. But what faith is, is exalting God's truth above that. And that's important. Sometimes with faith ministries, people, you know, oh, you're denying it. Oh, you know, you're, you got your head in the sand, whatever. That's not what we're saying. Yes, you have a physical problem. Yes, you have a pain. Yes, you have a diagnosis. But what are you going to elevate? What are you going to choose to believe? And I guarantee you that it, the fact that you have a pain, a growth, a bump, a lump, a diagnosis, a whatever, it will change to line up to what God says about it if we stand fast. It is not lying to agree with God. Some people get caught up on that. The scripture says, we'll use this just for simplicity, but 2 Peter 2.24 says, By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. I have been. But sometimes people have a problem saying I'm healed because they still have a physical symptom or a bad report or whatever that is telling them that the facts are different. But it is not lying if we agree with God. God says that we need to declare his word, we need to speak it, even when you're feeling bad because that's what's going to change the facts or the circumstances. Romans 4.17, he's talking about Abraham here. Um, early on, he was called the father of many nations, but he had no children. God changed his name to mean father of many nations. And that's what the scripture is talking about. It says, as I have written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of whom he believed, God, he who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God calls things even though they don't exist. Abraham was not the father of many nations at the time when he changed his name to Abraham, Abram to Abraham. But he was calling him the father of many nations before he was actually the father of many nations when he had his son Isaac. Do not be afraid to say that you are healed even if you're still experiencing something to the contrary. If God does it, you and I can do it. Because he knows it's our words that have power and when we're agreeing with God and declaring what he says over the circumstance, that's what's going to change it to make it line up with what God says. So don't be afraid just because you haven't seen it yet to speak God's word. If you want something to change, you have to change what you're saying. It's not a bad confession either. A lot of people get hooked up on this about saying that they have a problem, that there is a diagnosis or there is a symptom or whatever. They think, oh, I can't say that. It's giving power to it. No. Again, we're not denying that there is something there, but we're going to exalt God's truth above that. But it's how you say it that will determine. Greg 
the author of this book, he says it's where you put your butt. <laughs> What's on the other side of your butt will determine whether you're in faith or doubt. For instance, if you say something, I know that God's word says that by the stripes of Jesus I am healed, but I still got this thing. I still got this bad report. That's doubt. Faith says, you know what? I'm not feeling really well, or you know what? Yeah, the doctors are still saying, yeah, you know, I still have this, but God says that by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed, and that's what I'm standing on, and I'm not going not gonna to back down because God's word is truth. Do you hear the difference? Doubt and belief. There's a big difference. Watch what you're saying. Listen to what's on the other side of your butt because that is going to determine what you're believing. So if we have declared and decided and settled in our heart that God's word is true, then that means sickness and disease are lies. Lies of the enemy that he's trying to bring an evil report to you. And you have to stand firm in truth. Because I guarantee you, if you stand in truth, praise God, praise him that he's faithful. Praise him that we have his word. Praise him that we have Jesus. Praise him that Jesus has done everything that I need. There is nothing that can come up against me that can succeed if I choose to stand in faith on God's word. Everything has to line up with his word if we stay true to what God says. Agree with God no matter what. Healing isn't always instantaneously. How many of you have experienced that? <laughs> but don't let that stop you. That doesn't mean that things aren't happening. Mark 16, 18 says that if we lay hands on the sick, that they will recover. We're all familiar with that verse. But recover implies a process. It's not instantaneously. So don't give up. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to say stuff like, well, you know, it's all in God's timing. Guess what? That's a lie of the enemy. God's timing is now. He's already done it. He's provided it 2,000 years ago. Stop saying that. It's all in God's time. God wants you healed now. It's done. Start declaring that. Don't let your five senses take control. God is working for you continually. And if you allow him, you will have success in whatever you're believing him for. Keep exalting the truth above the facts. How do we do that? Let's look at 3 John um, chapter 2. Or 3 John, yeah. 
Third John chapter 2, verse 2. 1, 2, sorry, okay. <laughs> it says, Beloved, I pray that in every way that you may succeed and prosper in all things and be in good health, that's physically, as your soul prospers, that's spiritually. So God is telling us how important his word is. As you keep renewing your mind to what God says, the truth of his word that you have settled in your heart, that it is truth, that's what allows your soul to prosper. What's our soul? Our mind, our will, and our emotions. They're going to start lining up with the truth of God's word. Those thoughts that are running through your head that, that bring fear and doubt and unbelief, we need to get those in line with what God says. We take those thoughts captive. We pull them down. We're not going to allow them to stay there and let it fester and let it just grow and grow inside of us. We're going to pull it down and say no. And we get our thoughts on what God says. That's what we focus on. Our will. Do it the way God wants you to do it. Don't think that you are going to get God results just because you're saying scriptures, but you're doing whatever you want to do. If he says to speak, speak. If he says to fear not, fear not. If he says to stand still and know that I am God, then stand still and know that he is God. Amen. What is he telling you? Get your will in line with his. Your emotions. Emotions are good. They're of God when they're used properly. But emotions in the physical realm gets us into a lot of trouble. It leads us into fear and doubt and unbelief. So fearful that we're paralyzed. We can't do anything. Our emotions are ruling us. So much so that we can't even talk. We can't even think. Everything is chaotic. Those are your emotions. They should not rule you. God's word does. You need to rein them in. So if you get your mind, your will, and your emotions lining up with the word of God, the truth that we have determined in our heart, that's when you're going to start seeing success. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy because we're thinking wrong. We're speaking wrong. We're allowing other things to take over, to have more authority. But that's our choice to do that. God's provided everything that we need. He needs us to believe it and speak it. Believe it and speak it. That's what's going to change your circumstances. I am speaking from experience. It has happened in our lives, our, our kids, our Tom, I mean everything. But we don't back down. In this book, Greg um, uses an analogy of trying to chop down a tree. And he said, you know, every swing of the axe is doing something to chop down this tree. But you can't really say 
what particular swing was the one that actually made the tree fall? It was all of it that made that tree fall. It's the same thing where we're concerned with faith and believing God. Like I said, sometimes things aren't automatic or instant when we're praying and believing. But know that every prayer of faith, every step of obedience, every confession exalting the truth above facts is another swing of the sword of the Spirit that will eventually cut you completely free from sickness and disease. Don't stop doing what you know to do. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to declare God's word. If you allow that, it will affect you, and you're going to stop speaking truth. You're going to start speaking the problem. This is a key to allow, how to allow faith. Keep doing it. Keep speaking God's word in faith. Keep declaring what God says. Keep agreeing with what God says. And sometimes it seems to go on longer than what we think it should, <laughs> which is most of the time. I like it right away, right? But the Bible says that when it doesn't happen right away, we need to add patience to that. Let patience have her perfect work. Why can we have patience? Patience is part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's already on the inside of us. It's not something that we're grabbing out here. Don't say, oh, I'm very impatient. I'm an impatient person. Stop saying that. You have God's patience on the inside of you. He's placed it right here. So let patience have its perfect work. You've got faith. I trust God. It's going to happen. I don't know when. God's taking good care of me. He's not going to let anything happen to me. I'm standing on God's truth. Let patience work with your faith. And I guarantee you, you will see what you're praying for. Dig in your heels. Be determined that you're not going to be moved by anything else except for what God says. Because Jesus has won the victory for us. It's already done. John 16.33, Jesus is, last scripture here, Jesus is ready to go to the Father after the crucifixion. And he's telling us that he has taken care of this world. It says that he has deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. The hard part's done. Amen. He just needs us to believe him. Faith works. Have confidence in your Father. In the finished work of Jesus and all that he's provided for you. He loves you. He loves you so much. Keep exalting the truth of God's word and your facts will change.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for your word. We thank you that you are faithful to watch over it, to make sure that it's not going to just go by the wayside, Father, that it's going to return to you exactly what you have called it to do. And we, your people, will choose to speak in faith, to live by faith, and not by sight. Father, I thank you for what you have started in each one of us. It's good. And I thank you, Father, that you are with us, and that you are growing us, and that what you have started in each one of us, Father, that you are going to make sure that it is complete in us if we choose to let you. I thank you, Father, that we can put our trust in you. I thank you, Father, for loving me so much that you sent Jesus, your only son, so that I can be your daughter, that we can be your sons and daughters, and that we have an awesome inheritance through Jesus. Thank you that healing emotionally and physically is our inheritance tonight because of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You are good. And we praise you and honor you. And we choose, Father, to exalt you and your word above all. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we've got a song. Um, I love this song. 